The twins aren't here today to tell me to not say that, so I'm going to say it. Ha 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 ha. It's just me riding solo with a couple of special guests today. We are getting into week eight on the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, let's get this intro going, and then I'll explain to you exactly what to expect on this week eight podcast. A podcast like never before on Brodo Fantasy, but still going to be exquisite and everything you expect out of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, which begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So this week, you're not hearing the voice of Michael and Jason telling me that I'm annoying, and it's been almost a minute into the show. So you know something is wrong and something is not right. Um, What is not right is the twins... I uh, had to embark on personal journeys today. Uh, kind of a last-minute situation with Michael. Just want, want you to know everything is fine on his end. He just had to take care of a situation. And Jason, as you guys know, uh, has midterms for his law school exams this week. So this is usually the week where he takes off every year anyway. So we are prepared for that. But it could be just me writing solo. But this year, Brodo Fantasy and BrotoFantasy.com has expanded the family. And we are proud to welcome in some guests. I'm going to introduce uh, one of the guests, the first guest in just a second. But before I get into that, I want to remind you about our sponsors. Um, Partybelts.com is the best place to get a championship belt. It is fully customizable. Don't forget to go to partybelt.com and use the code the Kodo Broad. The Kodo Broad. The Brodo the, the promo code Brodo for 15% off. It's already the best belt you can get for the cheapest price online. Um, the guy makes them himself. They're completely they're completely customizable. They have two uh, beer holders so you could serve your friends while serving your friends. Also, it's not $300 like the rest of these belts. The rest of these belts, you go on there, it's $300. You have to pass it around from person to person. There's COVID. Who wants to pass things around from person to person anymore? Get a belt that you can afford for literally a tenth of the price of these other belts. This way, you can buy 10 belts so everyone can keep their belt. Uh, and know that they were a championship a champion. Because I know there's there's people in my league who won a championship in like 2008 who literally have no chance to come back and win a championship ever again. And now they'll never have a belt ever again because they're never going to touch it ever again. So th- they should have got party belts is what I'm saying. 15% off. And don't forget to use our promo code BRODO20, B-R-O-T-O, on Thrive Fantasy to put in a slate for the Thursday night game or any game you want. Right now, Thrive is running a promo. If you sign up and deposit anywhere from $20 to $50, you will get your deposit doubled. That's right. If you want to put in $100 or $200, great. But, you know, they stop at $50 because, you know, it's come on, $50 free dollars. It's, it's, it's enough. It's enough. Um, so $50 free dollars, uh, the promo code BROTO20 to get started on Thrive Fantasy. It is a prop gambling, uh, prop, I'm sorry, fantasy site. So check that out. So we're going to do things a little differently today. Like I mentioned, the twins are not here. Um, so we're going to do four games today. And then on Friday, we are going to do the rest of the games. So again, sorry for that. Good thing is that we're going to do the Thursday game tonight, so you'll be completely prepared for the Thursday game. And then on Friday, we'll have even more information to bring you than we usually bring you. So really what we're, what was, you know, maybe a little bit something messed up actually turns out, I think, to be pretty good. 
So I was telling you guys about special guests. Let me welcome in our first special guest. Um, our favorite guy from south of the border. Um, he is a writer at brotofantasy.com. He is a fantasy contributor. You could find him on Twitter as well, spitting all the fantasy facts. We retweet him all the time. Uh, he is a contributor and a, and a longtime friend and supporter of the show, Brodo. We are so happy to have him on. Uh, Santiago. Santi- uh, ay, ay, ay. I did it. I fucked it up. I fucked it up. I almost did it right. And the twins would be yelling at me right now. Santiago Ca- Casanova. That's me. How you doing? How you doing, man? So uh, talk to the people. First of all, name, so silky smooth. I wish my name was Casanova. Um, but uh, tell the people how you got started in fantasy, a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to get right into these Thursday games, man. Yeah, well, I started playing fantasy when I was about maybe 14. Uh, a couple years later, I found Broto, started listening to the podcast. I loved it. Uh, got into a listener, listener league. We became good friends. Now, since uh, this summer, actually, I've started writing and contributing to the rotofantasy.com. And man, I love fantasy. You can find me on Twitter giving you all the knowledge. So he, yeah, and, and, when he, and he's not lying with, with uh, he's been there from the beginning. Um, and we, we would have these conversations and, you know, we could tell that he just knew more than everyone else. So when it, the time to bring writers on, um, he was a Casanova. Cass, we call him Cass. Uh, Cass was was one of the first people we thought of. And as soon as he he gave his first his first article, in me, Michael, Jason were like, "All right, we found the gem. Let's go." Uh, we were very happy about this. Um, so speaking of gems, let's drop some gems on him. What do you say? Let's get into this Thursday night game. Let's do it. All right. So we have a NFC South matchup that is definitely going to have some offense. The Falcons at the Panthers. Let's start with the Panther side. Teddy Bridgewater. Um, the Falcons are giving up the most points against QBs in the league this year. And Teddy Bridgewater so far has basically established himself as a matchup dependent QB one. If you roster him, this is why you roster him to play him in matchups like this. So far, he's been great in great matchups and bad in bad matchups. This is the best matchup you can have. I doubt that he is uh, a streamer at this point, but if he is, go pick him up. He's your guy. If not, then I think you're starting him over most of the quarterbacks on your roster. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, last time the Panthers, Panthers faced the Falcons, uh, Teddy Bridgewater for 313 and two touchdowns. So, you know, if Teddy Bridgewater can do that against the Falcons, he can definitely do it again. And this is uh, a good, good. This is the matchup we want. This is a team that Bridgewater is definitely familiar with, too. He played for the Saints last year. So uh, this is a division he's familiar with and a team that he's familiar with. So uh, definitely nothing to scare you away from Teddy B here. We have our we have our qualms about Teddy B, but nothing to scare you away from him in this matchup, I think. Uh, I haven't looked at the – I haven't made my rankings yet, but I will tell you this, that when the rankings come out, I'm going to have him as a top six fantasy option this year, this week. Do you think that's – do you think I'm crazy or you, you agree? I mean, I'm surprised you would rank him that high, but I agree. Top six sounds about right. Okay, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I'm i not as bad as the Twins, man. The Twins are against uh, the Teddy Bridgewater train uh, so far, but I, I'm not I'm not as off the Teddy Bridgewater train as they are. Michael has him ranked as 11th, so Michael not as high on Teddy Bridgewater as I am. Let's go over to the receiving options for Teddy B, because if Teddy B is going to have a big game, it's going to be on the backs of these receivers. I want to start with DJ Moore because DJ Moore now has had three straight good games. Only three games this season were you disappointed, but not he doesn't have any all-out busts. 
He's in a home run matchup right now. He hit a, that big yak play against the Falcons last time they played. Do you think we rushed we rushed to judgment on DJ Moore because he wasn't meeting our lofty offseason expectations? Or do you think that he's just kind of was a flash in the pan the last three weeks? I do think this is more of an outlier than the new norm. Because, yeah, he had his big yak and he had a long reception last game, but he's still getting out-targeted by Robbie Anderson and even Curtis Samuel last week. So, yeah, so he third on the totem pole. We definitely weren't expecting him to be third on uh, on that totem pole. Um, but, he, you know, even the targets are still there for him. Like, yes, he's third on the team in targets, but this team likes to spread the ball around, likes to get it there. Likes to get it to different receivers, and this is a great matchup. I think I like I like DJ Moore in this matchup. I also like Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, another home run chance. He went for 112 yards, uh, eight receptions on 13 targets last time they played ATL. Uh, how do you feel about Robbie Anderson this week? I do like him more than I do more, and I, it pains me to say because Robbie Anderson wasn't even my top when the season started. But yeah, Robbie Anderson is a good play, and especially against the Falcons secondary. Michael right now has Robbie Anderson at 14 and DJ Moore at 15. So Michael and myself congruent on the fact that we think both of these guys have a, have a chance. You mentioned Curtis Samuel as having the second most targets uh, in, in the last game. I think Curtis Samuel has, a star, has established himself as a very low floor guy. You don't know what's going on for him. You can get a donut. He has, donut, he has donutted. I don't know if that's a word. Definitely not a word. Um, has donutted, though. I'm, I'm making it a word. Stamp it. TM. Trademark. Brodo. Money. Putting it on t-shirts. Making it happen. Um, I can't even remember what the word was. But either way, uh, low ceiling for him. Low floor. Um, he has donutted. There you go. Um, he could bust. But in a pinch, if you got injuries, if you got buys, and you need a starter... Against this defense, Curtis Samuel is not a bad option. No, I agree 100%. Against the Atlanta Falcons, very, very specific situations. You're not going to start a wide receiver. And if you are struggling because of buys, because of injuries, Curtis Samuel is not the worst option by any means. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's go over to the running game. So this we, we're fans of this wide receiver core. Uh, I don't see right now where Michael has... Um, Curtis Samuel projected, but I know that Michael is very down on Curtis Samuel. So, yeah, I am scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. He's got him at 60, so he's not on the same boat as us. He'd rather not play Curtis Samuel. But he, he's probably going to play these guys instead. Let's start with Mike Davis. So today, uh, Christian McCaffrey was taken, was activated from the IR. So it's very important to know the rules of the IR because people could overreact. The rules of this IR is if you're going to be on the shortened IR, then you can come back and you can practice for three weeks with the team before you need to be activated. So, right now, they have designated Christian McCaffrey for activation. Does that mean he is active? No. It means that he is practicing with the team until they deem him active. So, if my money says that Christian McCaffrey will not be back on Thursday, I think it's a very good assumption that Christian McCaffrey is not back on Thursday. That being said, Mike Davis has definitely come down to earth in the past couple games after lighting the world on fire. But, and a big but, this is the Atlanta Falcons, everyone. And the Atlanta Falcons are the gift that keeps on giving. 
Atlanta is giving up the fifth most receiving yards to running backs. They have given up the most receiving tight ends to running backs. And this is a team that under the Dan Quinn era has been notoriously bad at blocking the running back out of the backfield. Mike Davis had one of his big games against Atlanta earlier this season. So the question is, does Mike Davis bounce back in this one? Can you trust him for one last week, one last hurrah before Christian McCaffrey comes back? Or do you do you cut ties and put him on your bench already? I mean, like you said, he has come back to earth the past couple of weeks, but he was the overall RB1 when they played against uh, Atlanta er earlier in the season. So you do have to wonder, um, is this a vintage? Uh, vintage five weeks ago, Mike Davis were getting, or the more, more recent production? I do think he's a low RB1, maybe high-end RB2 option, but wouldn't expect him to have a monster game by any means. See, me, I'm, I think I'm going to rank him high, man. I think that I, I'm going to have him very high on my list. I, I, You know I like my narratives. You know I like my human stories. Um, one of the reasons why I liked Aaron Rodgers, and I'm mad that Michael's not on today because I was going to tell him to go fuck himself about Aaron Rodgers uh, because I told him. Uh, I, I just think that Mike Davis is looking down the barrel of, I've had success in this league. I know what I can do. I've proven myself. I've already smashed the shit out of this team. He's going in with ultra confidence. He's going in with that feeling of this is my last chance to prove myself to get maybe a contract in the offseason. Money's a motivator, man. Money's money's the motivation, as they say. So I think that Mike Davis might use that money to motivate himself right into a top six type um, a week on the heels of Christian McCaffrey coming back. Um, let's go to the last guy here, Ian Thomas. Look. Usually, Michael, Jason, and I go, Ian Thomas is a guy, and we move on. But it might be worth a dart throw, man. Atlanta is also, not only are they horrible against wide receivers and the worst against receiving running backs, they're also the worst in the league against the tight end. And they have allowed eight touchdowns to tight ends. If you're wondering, it's not even week eight yet. It's week seven. So do you think Ian Thomas is a good dart throw to maybe catch a touchdown this one? I um, mean, he's a good dart throw as all tight ends are because the tight end landscape is always touchdown dependent because especially because Ian Thomas has 12 receptions on the year. I mean, we're coming to week eight and he has, I mean, not sorry, not 12 receptions, 12 targets on the year. Well, what is that? I, <laughs> I, I don't, I can't even comprehend that. So he is a touchdown dependent option, but most tight ends are. So absolutely against Atlanta, he's a good dart throw. Yeah, so like like he said, uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna start him, it's for the glory, right? We all love the glory plays where we're like, we called this guy and no one thought he was gonna be good, and now he's good. It's for the glory. Um, let's move over to the Falcon side, unless there's anyone else on the on the Panthers you want to talk about, Cass? Nope, not really. That's about it. All right, let's go over to the Falcon side. Let's go with Matt Ryan. So the last time Matt Ryan played Carolina, it was his worst game of the season. He put up seven points. That's right. Seven. Carolina has actually been pretty good against opposing opposing quarterbacks. 28th in fantasy points per game against against fantasy quarterbacks. Uh, but he didn't have Julio. And we've mentioned multiple times in the show, Matt Ryan with Julio, one guy. Matt Ryan without Julio, another guy. He is with Julio in this game. How much of a difference does that make? Uh, I think that makes a big difference, especially, I mean, not only to Matt Ryan, but also to Calvin Ridley. Uh, I know we're talking about Matt Ryan right now, but both of them will have a positive and a negative effect uh, with Julio being back. Michael doesn't see that 
as as the case. He has Matt Ryan at 19. I, I haven't again. I haven't gone to my rankings yet. My rankings go up on Thursdays just because of uh, that's how I do mine. But Michael likes to get his rankings up and keep keep changing them and changing them and changing them throughout the week. So Michael got his up today. And uh, so this is his preliminaries, and he is not high on Matt Ryan. It's very rare that someone around me is, is high on Matt Ryan, and I am the one that's, I mean, is not high. I'm the one that's high on him. Um, Julio Jones. I have one note for Julio Jones. Yes, please. Um, would you like to elaborate on yes, please? <laughs> yeah. Every every Julio share, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Calvin Ridley was the new hot toy this, this to start the season, but then he's come back to earth, and Julio has out-targeted him for the past, uh, I think, two games he's been back. So, yeah, it's clear he's the number one wide receiver again, and if Matt Ryan can play a little bit better with him on the field, he's a, definitely a good play. Speaking of Calvin Ridley, who you just said, he might be the number two target on this team, which is undeniable, but he's the number one wide receiver right now in all of fantasy. He is the wide receiver one, even with the donut that he put off, put up. Right now, PFF gives him the biggest advantage of the week over a cornerback. He's going up against cornerback for the Panthers, Tony Pride Jr. Um, this is one of the reasons why Calvin Ridley was so high on our boards coming into the year and so high this season. He is the wide receiver one because he gets to face the number two cornerbacks, and he is just better than Tony Pride. And also, there's just room for him to make plays. Matt Ryan had a total of seven fantasy points, like I said, against the Panthers last time. Ridley still put up 17 fantasy points in half PPR. So if you can outscore your quarterback like that, there's really no limit to what you can do. I mean, at this point, Calvin Ridley is a set it and forget it wide receiver one. Yeah, I agree. He's going to take a hit, but still wide receiver one, at least for this week. Russell Gage, uh, he's been all right, but I, can't, I really can't see three receivers going off against the D right now. He's really fallen off since his first couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I, I'm just not betting on Russell Gage today, this week. I agree, especially not against the Carolina defense, because even as bad as they are against the running back, they are 29th against the wide receiver. So, yeah, Julio and Ridley might produce. I don't see any room for Gage to produce. Yeah, I agree with you. Let's talk about uh, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is in a bad matchup here. Carolina is a top 10 fantasy defense against tight ends. Uh, we mentioned that we think Julio will shine. We think Calvin Ridley will shine. This is a good pass defense, so it, there is not much opportunity to shine. I'm putting my money on those two guys, and I'm not really banking on the ancillary characters. Hayden Hurst has been a touchdown-dependent uh, tight end one. Basically, when I say that, it's just because tight end ones, all they need is a touchdown and you're a tight end one. Um, so he, he has some touchdowns every once in a while. For me, I am not banking on Hayden Hurst this week. I'd rather pivot to someone uh, someone else. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, we, we said that the tight ends are tight end. I mean, they're touch independent, and you want to play them when they have a good matchup like Ian Thomas. Hayden Hurst has a bad matchup. You don't want to play him. Uh, I got a question for you, Cass. Uh, I'm going to go either or real quick. Hayden sure. Hurst or Jared Cook at Chicago? Jared Cook. Uh, Har or Harrison Bryant against Las Vegas? Ooh, uh, Harrison Bryant as well. He's, I mean, he has the red zone looks, and that's all you need as a tight end. Jimmy Graham versus New Orleans? 
yeah, Jimmy. All right. Uh, how about Robert Tunyon versus Minnesota? That is a rare one because uh, he is injured, but I'm st I, I would still run with Tunyon. Okay, so you are not high on Hurst this week. That I was not giving you the, the, the guys that are kind of around um, Hurst and and all those guys right now. So uh, let's – yeah, so I, I mean let's move on here because we have to talk about Todd Gurley. The ageless wonder. Actually, he's pretty young still. The kneeless wonder. Let's put it that way. Uh, Todd Gurley continues to do his thing, man. And Carolina, so far this year, has been the worst team in the league against pass catchers out of the backfield. If I had to put money on it, which I will, I am going to bank hard on a Todd Gurley TD this game. Could come on a reception. Could come on a rush. But I think Todd Gurley gets himself a touchdown in this game. And you're going to call me crazy. Maybe Cassie will call me crazy. But I think Brian Hill is an outside desperation kind of if you need someone really bad and you're hurting and you don't know who to start and you need a guy on the waiver wire, Brian Hill is not owned uh, a lot out there. Uh, I'll get his exact number in just a second. But I think Brian Hill has a sh an outside shot to do something. Do you think I'm crazy? What do you think about Gurley and Hill this week? Honestly, not crazy at all. Uh, I'm in a deep, deep league where I missed out on most of the running backs, and I'm starting Brian Hill this week. I mean, I'm starting Brian Hill almost every week. But this is the week you want to start Brian Hill against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and he's also been the most effective, uh, I'm sorry, efficient running back for Atlanta. Todd Gurley has been good this year. I mean, much to my dismay because he has been scoring. But he's been... Very, very inefficient. Without his touchdowns, he ranks uh, 48th in fantasy points per opportunity without his touchdowns. So that's that's just awful. Um, this is the matchup you want to work Gurley in. I agree he's going to score a touchdown most likely. But, man, uh, yeah, I don't like him rest of season. Brent Hill, though, this week, great, great play. Yeah, so both of these running backs, great play. I think, I think one of the things that you have to remember is Brian Hill – has those pass-catching opportunities. At this point in the season, Brian Hill has 16 targets, 14 receptions for 102 yards. So he's seeing the targets. It's not it's not blowing the targets out of the water, but when you have a guy seeing targets, Todd Gurley, on the other hand, has 20 targets. So they're splitting the targets out of the backfield almost 50-50, a little Edo Smith sprinkled in there. Um, but when you're looking at this is the worst team against pass catchers out of the backfield – Someone could pop a big one every any time, and when you're in a deep league, is that the dynasty league we play in, Cass? Is it just talking about, or no? No, no, I am in a tournament for uh, ah. for the biggest fantasy football outlet in Mexico. Ooh, very, very cool. Bringing bringing the Brodo flavor down uh, south of the border. Um, anyone else you want to talk about in this game? No, not really. I don't think you can play. Um, I'm going to butcher this, but Olamide Sakios or <laughs> even uh, Ido Smith, I don't think you can play them at all. But you could tell that Cass is part of the Brodo family because he did not let you go without telling you the name of every person who might catch a pass in this game. That's how we do here. All right, let's go on to our next one. Uh, this is the last game for, for Cass. Vikings at the Packers. Let's start on the Packers side. Um Actually, I'll start on the Vikings side. Sorry about that. I, I'm saying that because my first note is the Packers' pass defense has been absolutely great. 
but they have one little issue, and that's their number two corner. Whoever is opposite of Jair Alexander has been struggling. Now, Jair Alexander is not the type of guy that's just going to be on the outside and stay on one side. He is a shadow-type corner. And PFF right now, who usually is on point with this stuff, they get it wrong every once in a while, I must admit, but they're usually on point, has Jair, Jair Alexander shadowing Adam Thielen. According to their past matchups and according to what they project, Jair Alexander will be shadowing Adam Thielen. With that being said, the they just traded away their their best defensive end in Yannick Ngakwe. Their pass defense was already trash. Justin Jefferson. I, look, I, I keep saying the name Justin Jefferson. I keep falling in love. Right now, Justin Jefferson is the wide receiver eight people the wide receiver eight and I think it continues I think Justin Jefferson has a big game in this one Cass what do you think about the wide receivers in this game Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson I agree with that um I've I've seen that you said the J.R. Alexander is a shadowing shadowing corner he travels but despite that he only has 2.8 percent of his snaps come while shadowing the slot receiver now Justin Jefferson plays 27 percent of the snaps from the slot so he will be facing a different corner corner than Jair Alexander. Uh, the Packers pass defense is good, but not out of the slot. And Justin Jefferson has every opportunity to torch them. Michael right now has Adam Thielen at 10 and Justin Jefferson at 16. I think I'm going to get frisky and I'm going to rank Justin Jefferson higher than Adam Thielen this week. I think that that's, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that that's how I'm going to approach it because of, of Jair and how he follows around. Uh, Adam Thielen and how he's going to do that. So I, I just think that Justin Jefferson has a big game here. Um, no real love for Olabisi Johnson in this one. But there is one third option that has emerged. Irv Smith, after getting six targets total in his first four games, he got five targets in each of his last two games. Um, is this a product of Dalvin Cook not being on the field? Or is Irv Smith someone we should look at and keep an eye on and possibly even start in this game? I would look at him too because he also plays uh, some snaps in the slot, and you know that's a good alignment against the the Packers. So yeah, I would definitely take a flyer out on Smith. Rudolph is, uh, I think, an afterthought at this point for sure. So fire up Smith. Interesting. Fire fire up Smith is something that you don't usually hear, but I I, I kind of agree. I think that he's an outside start. Michael has him at number nineteen. He's not my favorite. Of the week, I'd rather start a few tight ends over him, but I think that he is someone who can have a big game. And if you are desperate, maybe give Irv Smith a try. Maybe like a DFS play. Like I can imagine a, a DFS lineup where I have Curtis Samuel and Irv Smith starting and just like crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. Um, let's move on to Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin Cook expected to be back. Surprising stat, Green Bay has given up the most fantasy points to the running back this season. Something that you don't hear about is the is the tendency of the Green Bay Packers to give up points to that running back. 10 TDs to running backs, three of which are receiving, are the most in the league. Um, welcome back, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, I, I mentioned this in the last, last time, he torched them last time he played them. He torched them all of last year. He finished as an RB1 against the Packers last year. Um, RB1 overall uh, at one week. So this is a team that he historically takes advantage of, and I don't expect anything different. Dalvin Cook, lock him, load him, top five running back this week. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you said he torched them last time they played, and I think it was week one. And he still has been consistently better than when he did against them week one. So, I mean, first, second, I don't remember what you said against the, the running back, the Packers. Cook is locked and loaded for a top three, top five performance this week. Hell yeah. Uh, let's go to Kirk Cousins. Middle of the road matchup. There are better options out there if you could avoid starting Kirk Cousins. Like, I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo over Kirk Cousins this week. I'd rather have Derek Carr. I'd rather have Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, stay away from Kirk Cousins if you can. Do you do you disagree with that? No, absolutely. If you can't start him against uh, the Atlanta defense, you can't start him confidently against anyone else. So, Let's go on to the Packers then, unless there's anyone on the Vikings you want to talk about. Any uh, any Bissy Johnson uh, stats you got over there? <laughs> Uh, no, no, not Bissy Johnson and Madison, man, what a disappointment last, uh, last time he was on the field and yeah, don't give it any, any thought. No, don't give him any thought. And it sucks because how many people got completely slammed because of Alexander Madison last week? It was horrible. It was a horrible, 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 horrible. Um, let's go over to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers. If I was staring at Michael, this is what I would say. Guess who's back, bitch? Hey, Michael, Jason, you listening? Guess who's back, bitch? Aaron Rodgers is back. 27 points against Houston last week. The Vikings are 28th in the league in passing yards per game against. They've given up 32 points per game. That's third worst in the entire league. They just traded their best defensive weapon. Jason loves to use the term funnel offense. This is a great funnel offense. And they will be funneling this great bounty of points. To a couple of positions. Let's we'll get to those positions in a second. But before that, Aaron Rodgers is one of my favorite plays of the week. Even though he hasn't had success against the Vikings uh in the in the previous few matchups, I think that he changes that. I think the Vikings come out of this. Usually teams come out of the bye week with a renewed sense of of vigor, of wanting to get in it. But when you trade your best defensive player for a draft pick a half a year after you just traded a higher draft pick to get him, you're kind of waving the red flag, uh, the white flag. And that shows when you're a football team taking the field. I think that's going to show. And I think the Packers, I'm betting the Packers to win this game and cover whatever spread that there may be. I don't even know what the spread is, but I think the Packers dominate the Vikings in this one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, I mean, week one and Rodgers absolutely torched the the Vikings defense he went for a 370 364 and four touchdowns oh, I forgot about that <laughs> yeah I mean he just trashed them uh he's a lock for a white I mean QB one two maybe overall I mean yeah yeah I, I agree Devonte Adams we got him back oh baby Devonte Adams give me all that uh this this team is basically a funnel offense to Devonte Adams when he plays and whoever plays running back. Uh, as of right now, it looks like it's going to be Aaron Jones not playing running back again. Um, we will keep you updated on all of those. But the last time I checked, did you did you hear anything about Aaron Jones since maybe I checked uh, differently uh, than I heard? I think he's just questionable at this point. Uh, likely to play, but okay, not sure. If Aaron Jones plays, you start Aaron Jones and you become very happy about it. Like I said, also last year. Aaron Jones finished as an RB1 against this team, um, RB1 overall. Uh, if it's Jamal Williams, you start Jamal Williams. If it's either of them, you don't start A.J. Dillon, no matter what. 
Absolutely not. I don't understand uh, the hype that last week. Everybody on Twitter was hyping AJ Dillon just for him to end up with zero carries on the game. Don't get it. All right, Will so get it. anyone else? Uh, Robert Tunyon had a stinker last week. MVS, who looked like he was in a smash home run spot, completely shit the bed and had a donut. So the question is, is there a possibility that any of these guys you know, break out in this game? Like we said, we think it's going to be a high-scoring one. Yeah, I think the possibility is always there because if we are expecting uh, Aaron Rodgers to be a top well, top three quarterback this week, his weapons have to have a good game as well. So MVS is definitely an interesting play. Uh, even whoever plays at running back, like you said, Jamal Williams gets the uh, passing work. Uh, Aaron Jones gets all the passing work. Any of those guys are good plays, in my opinion, because we trust Aaron Rodgers, basically. Yeah, I agree. Anyone else on the package you want to talk about? <laughs> you can always have a touchdown from Sternberger or Mercedes Lewis. So also dart throw desperation plays if you need one. Well, when you're when you're going into a the third string running back, I mean the third string tight end on on any team, you are desperate. Um, good luck. Oh yeah. If you were in that situation. Um, all right. So that's it for the first two games. Um, Cass, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, well done, sir. Well done. Um, first podcast for Brodo that you've ever done. Hopefully, we have more guest spots for you. He is a writer. Right now, he has two articles for this week only. Uh, live? No, no. He has one article live. One article coming out later in the week. Uh, right that's now, correct. he has his um, buy low, sell high. Uh, article that he combines with Nick, who you're about to hear, and also he has the uh, the uh, sleeper and bust article that he joins us for. Make sure to check that out on BrotoFantasy.com. Where could they find you, bro? Tell them where they can find you. You can find me always at ff underscore Casanova on Twitter. You can ask me anything. All my articles are there, and I post stats almost daily. Interesting tidbits I found in my research. And man, it was a pleasure being on the pod. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Yes, the the Brodo fam is expanding. Uh, we got the we got the states on lock. We got Mexico on lock. We're we're we're, we're gonna be international Brodo. That's what we're calling it. But yeah, anyway, thank you very much for your time. Let's drop some gems on us for those two games. Um, we are gonna say bye to Cass now, and then we are going to welcome our second special guest. But first, I want to tell you guys about Manscaped. Brace yourselves, winter is coming. Man, I miss Game of Thrones, man. That was my favorite. Honestly, that was my favorite show of all time to the point where I was like on YouTube watching like the breakdowns of Westeros and like it's amazing how detailed um, this guy was with that. Uh, The writers were so detailed, but what the writers of Game of Thrones didn't want you to tell you is that Bran who ends up being, oh, sorry, I won't say anything, spoiler alert, was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guys thought it was okay to trim his balls with traditional razor or hair trimmers. That is not the case. Manscaped.com is going where no man has gone before, and that is down low. Listen, it's not 1974 anymore, all right? We don't have, the, the, we don't have these goody two-shoes people. We can just tell you how it is, and this is how it is. The stuff that you're using for your face was not made for your balls. Your balls are precious. So take care of them. They have so many things. 
for your balls. The Lawnmower 3.0 is a trimmer that is waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology. They got the Weed Whacker, your ear and nose hair trimmer, which I'm going to need in a couple years because I'm becoming an old hairy Greek. Um, the Performance Package and Crop Preserver is ball deodorant. You never knew you needed ball deodorant until you got ball deodorant. Trust me. Trust me. On top of that, they got great shirts, and they have anti-chafing boxer briefs that are absolutely phenomenal. I literally just used the promo code BRODO myself to buy briefs from the website. I swear to God. Like, that's it's, it's what I did. And you could use that promo code, too. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code BROTO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BROTO, B-R-O-T-O. Be sure to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. So now that you've gone and got your balls all fresh and shaved, it's time to have someone freshly shaved. I don't know if he's freshly shaved. We haven't we haven't exchanged that information yet. But freshly uh, faced on the podcast, someone who's been um, a contributor on BrotoFantasy.com as well. Uh, he is also on that article that you that I told you to list, to read from Cass which is the Sleepers and Bus article. He also is part of the Buy Low, Sell High article. He is he has been a friend of the show for a long time. He is a contributor to the show in many ways. Nick Bollier, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. Um, and now that we are live, I will tell you that I am fresh-shaven thanks to Manscaped and Boom. thanks to you guys. So <laughs> that is great. Um, yeah, so I'm Nick. Um, I've been a fan of you know the show for a long time. I've been playing fantasy for about eight eight years now. I started up my first league when I was in eighth grade uh, with me and my buddies. Um, that league is still riding strong. Um, but, yeah, so I actually have a podcast with my father as well. It's called Like Father, Like Fantasy. Uh, we're currently on hiatus just because we want to do it together. We want to do it the right way. And right now COVID is kind of, you know, getting in the way of that combined with my college studies. Um so yeah, as Tim mentioned, um, I am a part of the. Um, which one did you mention? Was it both? You... Buy buy low, sell high. Yeah. Or was it both? Or, or, or yeah, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm a contributing writer. I've written some other articles. Um, Fade the Beast about Derrick Henry, Gallop to the Promised Land about Michael Gallup. Sorry for that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and the auction guide, if anyone. Uh, read that up. That was my best, my favorite work. Um, but yeah, that's me. Yeah, the auction guide, uh, a popular one for for us because we, uh, the twins and I, we have some auction experience, but definitely not. We don't. We don't want to say. We don't want to like act like we're experts at something when we're not. We think there's too many people out there who do that. So we're not experts at it, but we brought in an expert who was an expert at it. We, he gave us the ropes, so you can get that article as well on BrotoFantasy.com. Uh, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy if you want to support. If you're wondering, Nick, he said his college studies is getting in the way. They're, right now, looking at you, bro, you are the most college human being I've ever seen. You're in, a, you're in a hoodie, you've got a trucker hat on, and you have a changing lava lamp behind you. This is like the most yeah. college. The only thing that you could have now is a beer and a joint in your mouth, and you'd be completely college, college out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just finished my white claw uh, before we started. There you go. So, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, White Claw. That's the new. That's a new thing. I'm I'm old now. I'm 31 years old, so I don't know about these these new these new fangled fads that you kids are going through these days. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, let's get into our first game. It is the Raiders at the Browns. Let's start on the Brown side, Nick. Uh, I mentioned on the review pod that Baker Mayfield has been much better without um, without OBJ. And all these writers today, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, OBJ released a statement that said, oh, yeah, it's very insensitive of all you guys to say that I'm better without OBJ. It's insensitive because he just got hurt. Yeah, okay, whatever. It's our job to analyze these things, and you're better without him, dude. And not only are you better, you're much better. Baker Mayfield has an 80% completion percentage this season when he's throwing to people not named OBJ. 80%. On top of that, he has two more INTs than, than touchdowns when throwing in OBJ's direction. Before OBJ went down in this game, in fact, he was 0 for 5 with interception. After OBJ got back, 22 for 23, the only, inter- the only incompletion, a spike to the ground. So he was 22 for 22 on passes for 297 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, it's nuts. I remember at the start of the game, um, he went 0 for 5 with a pick, I think. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't be. I don't know if the pick was throwing to OBJ. I know he got he got hurt tackling after the interception, if I'm not mistaken. Such a stupid tackle but too. It's just it's crazy. It's crazy how he went from 05 to basically 22 of 22. That's nuts. In um, my in my glory days, I was a championship quarterback in my flag football league. And I used to have this one guy who used to just demand the ball. He used to be so passive aggressive. It was annoying. He was the Odell back. He was great, though. He was great. We struggled with him. He got injured one year. He won a championship. He came back. And even though we were supposed to be better, we just weren't because it's the squeaky wheel syndrome. And Baker Mayfield likes to pass the ball around the field. Um, his career completion percentage and his comp- career low, uh, sorry, career QB rating is lower with Odell Beckham. So, look, we're going to find out whether or not Baker is better with Odell or not. Right now, Baker has a 3.7, I mean, 7.3, big difference, percent TDs percentage that's very high. So either he's on this train where he is actually progressing, or what we're seeing out of Baker is a blip that will come back. For this week against the Raiders, I love the idea of streaming Baker Mayfield. I personally, in my money league where I have Kyler Murray, who's been my MVP, who's been the, the pl- number one overall player in the league, I am starting Baker Mayfield in his bye week. How do you feel about Baker Mayfield this week, Nick? Um, so I'm kind of on the other side of that spectrum, to be super honest with you. It's the first game that he played this year where he threw for higher than a 70% completion percentage. It was his first game where he was over 20 fantasy points in like standard quarterback scoring. And, um, you know, looking at true throw values, he was ranked 21st heading into this week and he shifted to ninth, which is a very big jump. And to be frankly honest, I feel that he's more toward the 21st Baker Mayfield than he is the ninth in true throw value. And it is a great matchup. You're not wrong there. Um, I'm just not totally sold on Landry Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones really being the remedy to cure his woes um, to start the season. Um, I hope I'm wrong for his sake. He's someone that I've supported for a while. And, you know, um, I like the Browns just because they're such a meme of a team. (laughs) Um, but I just am not, I'm not sold on it. I think no Hooper isn't 
good. I'm not sure if he's playing this week. I've only heard negative reports so far. Um, I don't think that, you know, the tight ends live up to what he's done so far this year, but that's a conversation for later. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's have the conversation now. I was, let's get into these, to this tight end. And before we get into the pass catchers, Harrison Bryant came and he lit the entire world on fire. A lot of people don't even realize David Njoku also caught a touchdown. So there was a big Twitter battle on who, who was the better play. Was it Harrison Bryant? Was it David Njoku? Who's going to take the place of Austin Hooper? Cause that was an obvious smash spot last week. Um, the answer is, if you started either of them, you were happy. If you started, sure. Njoku, if you started Njoku, you, you probably wish you started Harrison Bryant, but you still had a great tight end production. Um, with that being said, Harrison Bryant in this game, another good matchup. <clears throat> How are we feeling about Harrison Bryant in this one? You mentioned that you're not a big fan. Um, so out of the two, I will go back to the Harrison Bryant bucket. Um, I got him in my dynasty league, and I've started him the two weeks that he scored touchdowns. So... That was that was a good play, but um, I think he's more versatile than Njoku is. Um, Bryant, so far, he's lined up wide. He's lined up in the slot and at tight end. And traditionally, Njoku runs more of his routes and is more of a blocker directly out of the tight end spot. Um, so I believe that Bryant is probably a better play if you're going to play one of the two. Um, he played more snaps and ran more routes last week. Um, I'm okay with streaming Bryant. I'm personally going to shy away from the Joku. Um, there's something that I, something that I am spot on with the Browns almost every single week is if they are on the one yard line for first down, it's going to be a play action pass to the tight end. 90% of the time, I swear to God, it's, it's like amazing. It's either third down within the five yard line, they're going to throw to a tight end. Or on the one-yard line, it's going to be a play action to the tight end. And if you go back and watch the touchdowns throughout Baker Mayfield's career, it's probably a play action pass to the tight end in the red zone if a tight end scores. And I'm not saying that's the only way, but it's just a very niche little fun situation that I've watched over the years. And it kind of it kind of reminds me of a light version of, of how the Ravens play in the red zone, but it's not at all the same caliber. <laughs> Uh, so good, good tidbit right there. Michael has Harrison Bryant at 13 sandwiched at with David Njoku at 24. So he has both of them as tight end twos, although he does have Harrison Bryant on that tight end one spectrum. Let's talk about the rest of these pass catchers, Jarvis Landry, Hollywood Higgins, Donovan Peoples Jones. What do you expect out of them? Cause right now the Raiders are giving up the fourth most, uh, fantasy points per game two wide receivers on the league. So there is something to be had there. The secondary for the Raiders has been bad. LaMarcus Joyner, who is typically a safety, has come down to play slot corner a lot this season, and it has not been good when he has. PFF has Jarvis Landry with a giant, giant advantage against uh, Joyner in the slot covering him. So the question is, I like Landry. I even like Higgins in this game. Donovan Peoples-Jones is more of a out, outward flex, but you know I like Baker in this game, so I think he's going to spread the ball around. I think this is a game where the Browns have found some momentum, and usually when the Browns find momentum, I don't, I don't like to ride that train because it's only a train that could hurt me, but I think in this situation, the Browns have kind of found their momentum, and I think they take it to the Raiders a little bit. Sure, so... I'm pretty much on that same wagon of liking Landry, cool with Higgins, and Donovan Peoples-Jones is kind of iffy. Um, also, I saw that 
Kadero Hodge was also activated off IR. I don't know if he's going to play this week. Um, if he does, I just think he eats into, I'm going to call him DPJ because all people do is uh, shorten things in the fantasy community, I guess. So all I think he does is just eat into his targets and his production. Um, but the thing about Landry is if he doesn't do it this week, then I think I'm just going to jump ship entirely. Um, I've been riding the Landry wagon in some places, unfortunately. Like, for example, going back to that Dynasty League, I mean, there's 16 of us. Um, but if he doesn't show up, I don't know when he ever will. He's been playing roughly 75% of the snaps, and people were worried coming off of his hip injury that, you know, he may not be at 100%. If he's not there now, then I don't know what to say, but I'm pretty sure he's at a healthy spot. Um, and he's been getting the targets. He's been getting roughly six targets over the past four games on average. Um, but it ends up correlating to about like four catches for 30 yards, which is not any type of any type of reliable. And the only game that he's had over 10 points was because he threw a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely I'm I'm gonna start Landry and be okay with it because of the matchup. But this is this is a very make it make it or break it week for him. Um, and Higgins, I'm very happy to see the redemption arc kind of make its way back around. You know, we saw him in 2018 during Baker's rookie year, and he he had a lot of a lot of flair behind him, but didn't necessarily produce the way that people wanted. Um, and I think this is his opportunity to show the potential and actually show up um, this time. Now that he's had some more time under his belt, and I think I think that he's roughly a high wide receiver three. To be honest, I feel like he could put up some some big numbers. I think he's going to get the looks um, and. You know, the only the only thing we can do is hope at that point. Michael agrees with you. He has Rashad Higgins as wide receiver thirty two right now, so in the high wide receiver three range. I I agree as well. I think that I'm willing to play Rashad Higgins. I'm willing to play um, Jarvis Landry in this game. Rashad Higgins as well. I remember in the in the in the chat in the Discord chat. Shout out to the patrons, Patreon.com/slash/BrotoFantasy. If you want to be part of that community, uh, we have a great chat. Nick, I mean, I love the chat. Nick could tell you firsthand. Like, the chat is awesome. Uh, For sure. Yeah, awesome people. Like, you could definitely tell, like, they're fans of the show because we, they come into the chat, and it's it's like we've known each other for years. It's it's definitely very cool. Everyone messes around. No one takes anything too seriously. Um, but we take championships seriously. And one thing someone said was, would you would you pick up Higgins? And I was like, Richard? Like, three weeks ago. They're like, no, T. Yeah. They're like, no, T. Higgins. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But Rashard just got activated, and you should keep an eye on him because they like throwing him out there. And that's ended up what exactly what was happening because, um, you know, when you have a connection like that, like him and Baker have over the years, there's something to be said about that every single time. Um, another guy to be said about is Kareem Hunt. Look, Vegas has allowed the third most fantasy points per game to the running back the second most rushing TDs to the running back. Kareem Hunt hasn't been getting the work in the passing game that we've hoped, but I think that's a a product of the fact that he's the workhorse now and he's getting mostly the carries. Um, Kareem Hunt, lock and load it. Bada boom, bada bing. Lock it in. Top five. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't have much else to say besides he's been incredibly solid. He hasn't been – I don't think he's been the smash hit that people thought he was going to be. He's been around 15 to 16 points a week. And, you know, people might have expected more just because of how he was in Kansas City and he finally has the role to himself. But 
I mean, those were some pretty tough matchups against Indian Pitt, and he was still putting up solid points. So I think um, that this is the first week that he's going to surpass 20 points since week two. Um, I think it's as close to a lock as it possibly can be. I mean, I can't promise anything, of course, but he is on track to ball out. And this is, you know, ironically enough, Vegas has this as a pretty high shootout with 54 for the over-under right now. So if it goes the way that they expect it to go, then I think Hunt is going to be involved early and often. So I like him a lot. Uh, Kareem Hunt is, I hope that you are correct. I hope that I'm correct because I have him on like six teams. It's crazy. All right. Because <laughs> uh, I was the only one drafting him in the fifth round. Everyone's like, you drafted a backup running back in the fifth round. I'm like, no, I didn't. You drafted a backup running back in the third round with your kid makers and Jonathan Taylor and all this shit. All right. Uh, Raiders. Let's go Wait, over. We we didn't address uh, Dernis Johnson, and we're supposed to address everybody. Oh my, I, uh, or Don. I can't. I, all right, so, so I so I um I'm going to exit because not only do the twins do this to me, now we have Nick doing this to me. I can't take this anymore. I'm out. Go ahead. It's my, your show now. It's your show. My my note for Dontrell Hilliard is come on. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, no. Any, yeah, sure. Dearness Johnson, though, maybe something. Dearness Johnson, though, maybe something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, probably not. You know, he had 95 yards in the game that Chubb went down, and after that, his snap count has gone from 22 to 17 to two, Ugh. and he's gotten single-digit touches every single week that have also declined. So he's not. I wouldn't even really roster him at this point, to be frankly honest, um, unless you're. In a pretty shitty spot, which, which sucks because you probably dropped Fab to get him. All right, let's go yep. over to the Raiders side. Let's start with David Carr. I want to talk about David Carr and Nelson Aguilar on this at the Derek same Carr. time. Derek, Derek Carr. I put David Carr here. I, 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 I even put a, I tweeted something like someone's tweeted about like rookies that had the worst seasons of all time, and it was like Derek, and it's put they put David Carr, and I was like. What are you talking about? David Carr had a great O-line, and they're like, uh, uh, what are you talking about? He had the most sacks ever. And I was like, oh, yeah, David. Anyway, Derek Carr, 20-plus fantasy points in each of his last three games. Not a coincidence that Nelson Aguilar also has stepped up in the last three games, three straight weeks with a receiving TD. He's become a favorite of Derek Carr's. Cleveland has gotten torched by wide receivers through the air this year. So the question is, are you staying on the Nelson Aguilar bandwagon in a defense where you can be beat by a wide receiver? Sure. Um, you know, I think you said something, gosh, it might have been it might have been in the veterans minimum days, to be honest with you. But um, you said something once about how it's kind of like Pong. And once someone's on fire, they just keep shooting until they miss. Mm. And that's resonated with me for a long time. And Nelson Aguilar is a guy that he's on fire to a degree. And I'm going to keep shooting until he misses. So I think, you know, I think he's probably in the wide receiver three range as well. Um, But I think he's an interesting dart throw. I think he's in a great matchup. Um, you know, he's been leading the team in snaps. He's scored in three straight games. I mean, if if Derek Carr doesn't throw to him, then I think he might be a little silly on that one because he's just been producing. I mean, he's catching his targets. So um, I like Aguilar. I'm, you know, in a injury-ridden slash bye week slash, you know, knock on wood, no COVID yet. But in a COVID world, like, 
I'm very I'm very comfortable to plug him in my lineup this week um, in my flex spot or wide receiver three if need be. Uh, yeah, I I, th- I think so too. I think I'm willing to play him. What about Henry Ruggs? Henry Ruggs is someone who can <clears throat> blow a game wide open. Uh, very simply, last week he did have a little bit of a down week, but didn't kill your team. He put up five half PPR points, which you know could kill you. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, it's yeah. not like it's not like a donut. But how do you feel about Henry Ruggs? He I, he's one of those guys who's just like you can't really tell. Um, yeah, so I have like a stat comparison where he can do something like two for one eighteen and then a touchdown, or he gives you one for four. Or he's activated for a game but plays zero snaps. I don't know what's up with that, um, but that won't happen again, I'm sure. Um, but like wild card is the best way to explain it, and he's only getting three targets a game so far. Um, I'm personally, even in a great matchup like this, he's my last option. Um, I I would start Aguilar over Renfro, and I would start Renfro over Rugs. Um, Rugs just hasn't. He's shown that he can make big plays, and they want to get him the ball in his hand sometimes. So he's get rushes. Um, he has like three rushes on the season, I believe. So, you know, they want to get him involved. They know what he's worth, but I just don't think that um, he's getting the production to – or showing the production to um, warrant being in my lineup this week or, you know, anyone's lineup, to be honest. Especially in this matchup, the Browns have – are in the bottom half of the league in giving up big plays. They've only given up one play of over 40 yards, which is obviously um, best in the league, tied for best in the league. Um, No one has zero. So uh, tied for best in the league in that category. So if you're looking for the big play in this one, you might need to look somewhere else, which lends itself to someone you already talked about, Hunter Renfro. You said you'd play him. This game will probably be a dinkier, dunkier game than a down-the-field game. Um, is that why you like Hunter Renfro this week? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, lately the higher floor has been um, Aguilar, but Renfro does the whole dink and dunk. He'll average like four-ish catches a game. Um, he'll have put up 40-ish points. Like, it's not great, um, but I think, you know, Aguilar doesn't find the end zone. I might be a little bit worried um, just because – six points every single week are coming from the end zone. Right. But um, based on sheer volume, I think that, you know, besides Waller, he might be this, the highest volume receiver. Um, And something that I was reading into a little bit, actually that, you know, kind of contradicts exactly what I just said is that it seems that based on, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt, but based on like quarterback rating for each, you know, each defensive person their linebacking core and their slot corner have led to an average qb rating of 55 Mm. um thus far in the season so i could see i could see Carr sticking to the outside and sticking to waller who quite frankly is matchup proof i don't care who he's really playing at this point um and he's gonna that's someone that's gonna get 10 to 12 to 15 targets um this week but so you know, I like Renfro for the targets he's getting, but depending on, you know, how how things match up against those those linebackers and, you know, the um, uh, I can't think of his name at the moment, um, but whoever whoever the 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 slot corner was for the Browns that I was looking at, it may not be a surefire thing, but 
in terms of volume, he should be getting the targets. Um, it's just whether or not he can turn those targets into into points. Uh, I love Darren Waller. You mentioned Darren Waller. I think we both have him as sedative. Forget it, guys. Let's move over then to Josh Jacobs because Josh Jacobs on the Monday show is someone that I mentioned that, man, he's been so up and down this year, and the up and down has been predictable. The problem is you can't predict these things before a game. The prediction is he's great in wins. When the team mm. wins, three games he, he they he's won. I'm sorry, they've won. In those three games, 258 yards and five TDs on the ground. In the losses, 165 yards and no TDs on the ground. 165 yards over three games. He has killed you so far. Yes. Um, he is not the guy that you drafted him to be. But with that being said, he is one of those guys who kind of wears down defenses. He needs the ball 20 times in the in the same vein as Derrick Henry, who needs the ball a lot to get going. He's one of those guys as well. So the question is, do you think this is the type of game where he gets the ball and gets going? Michael believes that. He has him as running back six. I'm undecided. I am I am definitely jaded when it comes to uh, Josh Jacobs. He was my number one pick in a dynasty league this, this year, the one that we play in together. He was mm-hmm. my uh, second running back in my home league. He's my running back number one in a few leagues. So I'm a little jaded, so I'm going to listen to your opinion. Do you think this is the week that Josh Jacobs uh, performs well? So I'm going to go with no. I'm, I'm on your side. Um, he's yet to break 100 yards rushing um, so far this season. He's averaging 3.4 yards per carry. So quite frankly, if he's not getting 25 carries, then he's probably not putting up a good rushing game. Um, he was the RB1 overall in week one, and then since then has been the RB23, 31, 31, 5, and 41. And that is three RB3 or worse performances and an RB2 performance that was almost an RB3. So I don't love him. Um, Unfortunately, I feel like you have to play him regardless. I mean, I benched him last week for Gio Bernard. Uh, Shout out to Cass on that one. He carried that for me. Um, But I, I mean, I'm going to play him, but it seems basically like if he doesn't find the end zone, then he's not going to produce the way you want him to. And, you know, you said he had five touchdowns and wins, and those five touchdowns came in just two games. So I don't trust it. Um, I mean, I think, you know, he's been catching the ball more, um, which is nice to see, but, you know, I I don't trust him. I don't think it's the basically the, my I, summary. Yeah, I don't think it's the targets that we hoped we hoped to see um, in the offseason that that led people to believe that he was going to be so much better. I know Cass was one of the people who was off Josh Jacobs, and when I was talking to him, <clears> he I, I was on Josh Jacobs. And he was like, "Why are you so on Josh Jacobs?" And it's, I showed him all these stats about these second year running backs who started catching balls uh, in their second year, and they all fit kind of like that profile, the Todd Gurley type of profile that Josh Jacobs fits and what we're seeing is he has the exact same amount of targets in losses and in wins he has more targets on first down than he does on third down and it's just a it's just a microcosm i think of the disappointment in 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 josh jacobs because he's not getting the work when they're down and i think that's what we've got a a look at all right let's move on to our next game our last game of this slate it's the chargers at the broncos in an afc west Slobanaka 
Um, let's talk <laughs> about the Chargers first. Right now, the QB4 in points per game is the one and only Justin Herbert. The duck himself comes in and sunshine starts slanging this ball around like no one cares. Um, at this point, he is a must start, um, particularly in a situation against the Broncos who have had a good defense, but definitely not uh, the type of defense that's going to scare you away from people um, unless you think that's the case. What, is, what are your thoughts on this? I'm locked and loaded. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, six and true throw value. What a great stat that is. Um, he's just been playing lights out. And, I I mean, he's averaging over 300 yards per game. He's just nuts. He, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what he eats. I want to eat that. I don't, <laughs> he's just going crazy. So, um, yeah, you got to play him at this point. You can't, you can't not. He's play. not afraid. I think that's what, what, what gets me. He's just not afraid to, to slang that thing to, to dudes like Guyton and Virgil Green who people didn't even know was in the league still. You know what I mean? Like, he right. does not give a shit. And I, I love that about him. Um, one guy, he will slay. And by the way, we have not, we didn't, there's no, there's been no coaching. There's been no nothing. Nick was just like, we've seen his writing. We've talked to him a million times. We know, we know he knows what he's talking about. We've heard his podcast with his dad. We just know that he has the personality to do this. We didn't tell him to plug, to plug uh, Truth Throw Values twice, but he did anyway. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Dude. Company I mean, man. I love it. Yeah. It's good <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go over to Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is one of two players to see 30% target shares for his team. Herbert is slanging it and Keenan Allen is catching it. And as much as it, as much as it's crazy right now, Keenan Allen, I think is only scratching the surface of what he can be this year. Keenan Allen came into this year with a vengeance he is carrying that chip on his shoulder. He's the type of guy that carries a chip on his shoulder. By the way, I never mentioned this before, but Keenan Allen looks exactly like J. Cole. If you guys have never seen it, go Google that because they are literally twins. Um, and I think that he's about to uh, he's about to go KOD, kill on demand on on this team right now. I like Keenan Allen to be a top, probably top half wide receiver one this week. For sure. He's in your lineup always, and you're never looking back. And that's just how it is. <laughs> what about Guyton, Mike Williams, these guys on the outside who are who aren't getting the regular work, but you know, when you have a quarterback on on fire like this, you have to look around for his pass catchers. Are you desperation throwing a dart throw at any of these guys? Um, yeah, so I I'm gonna go on Mike Williams. Um he's been not good, um, quite frankly. Um and you know he's forty fifth in true target value um mm -hmm. compared to keenan allen at third so you can see the polarity there um but he's inconsistent his targets can be nine or they can be one i mean he's he's been definitely up and down but you know that he's good for at least one contested catch or one deep ball each game if not more um and he's you know he is great at reeling them in when they do go his way so um i'm i'm flexing him in a league um, I think he's a good dart throw. Guyton is very, very interesting to me. Um, I described him as basically Mike Williams, but he actually connects to find the end zone. Um, he has a catch of 40 yards in three straight games. So, you know, they're a very similar player to me. Um, I'm going to go Mike Williams over Guyton, but it'll be interesting to see if Guyton can keep up this 
40 yards per target pace that he'd been on over the past couple games. Guyton's lines in two of the last three games, one target, one reception, 72 yards and a touchdown. And and then against Jacksonville, three targets, two receptions, 84 yards and a touchdown. So that's the type of guy you're looking at with Guyton. Uh, he could hit a home run or he could smash your team up. It all depends on your team. I, again, like, like I said, I'm going to build a, a DFS lineup this week that just has like these dudes that I think could break out a little bit. I'm going to have a Brian Hill, uh, Jalen Guyton, and I mentioned one other person who I can't remember, but I'm, I'm going to make a DFS for these guys. No, nah, it wasn't Ruggs. It wasn't Ruggs. It was, it was someone else. I can't. Uh, Curtis Samuel and Curtis Samuel. Mm. I'm going to put those guys in a DFS lineup and see what happens. I'll probably lose all my money. Um, bad showings by both these running backs last week. Very disappointing for both the running backs, Josh Kelly and um, Justin Jackson. <sighs> if the quarterback keeps producing at the level that he's producing, if the receivers keep producing at the level they're producing, and these running backs uh, aren't, then you could see this team going to a West Coast type system very quickly, where they where uh, the running backs are almost not involved at all. Then again, you could also I could also see the hit like Justin Jackson getting twenty carries this week. You just don't know until Austin Eckler is back. You don't know who's getting the lion's share of these carries. Um, can you trust either of these guys in this game? Um, so trusting them, no. But I'm gonna pick one that I think is gonna have the better game, and that's gonna be Justin Jackson. Um, you know, just based on the eye test, he's looked better since Eckler's been out. Um, last week it was a pretty even snap share and they both, like you said, pretty much sucked. Um, but there was a weird thing with, you know, Jackson before the game, like he wasn't on the field. Nobody knew if he was playing. So I don't think he was hundred percent last week and there was still almost a 50%, um, you know, snap share between the two. Um, and he's caught five passes in the two games Eckler's been out. I just think he's getting better touches, um, even though he may not necessarily be getting more touches. Um, a problem I have with him is that uh, he hasn't had any red zone touches, whereas Kelly has had a few. Um, but granted, it seems like the Chargers aren't really getting to the end zone. They're getting to the 50 and then scoring or something like that. So. Um, I'm not confident starting either of them, but I'm more confident in starting Jackson over Kelly. If you're only seeking touchdown um, touchdown potential, then go Kelly, I think. But um, I'm leaning Justin Jackson on this one. My favorite play this week is Hunter Henry at tight end. Uh, Virgil Green, who stole his touchdown. If you are if you're a Henry manager, you are completely sick when you saw that happen. Um, but Virgil Green is going on the IR, which means Hunter Henry will probably be on the field more, which means Henry will see those targets. As of right now, uh, Henry looks like the number two option on this team because you got Guyton getting the home runs and Mike Williams underperforming. I love Hunter Henry in this game. How do you feel about him? Um, I agree. Um, he's been dominating the tight end snaps, the tight end route runs. I mean, he's been doing everything. He's clearly the guy. And, you know, Denver's ranked 14th, quote unquote, against the tight end. Um, I feel like that's more of playing teams who don't heavily use the tight end. Um, you know, they've played the Steelers, the Bucks before Gronk was, you know, getting looks, the Jets and the Patriots. And there was also a really strange game script versus the Chiefs that had Kelsey go three for 31. It just seems like the Chiefs weren't really on the field that much last week. Um, and then the last look is week one where Johnny Smith went four for 36 in the touchdown. So. I'm not sure the Denver defense is really as good against the tight end as they look on paper. And, you know, Hunter Henry's getting almost eight targets a game. Um, 
And I think that this is the game where it correlates into something bigger than it's been. Um, he hasn't passed five catches or 50 yards in four weeks, which sucks to see given his given his target share. But I think that um, it's this is his week. I'm fairly confident. I have him around tight end 12. Um, I have him at 14 now. But um, I think that he's a fringe tight end one, and he has upside to be in the upper half of tight ends if he finds the end zone. Uh, anyone else on this team you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're good. All right, let's go over to the Broncos then. Oh, tough week uh, for the Broncos last week. <clears throat> Not their best performance against the Chiefs, to say the least. Um, couldn't even do anything in, in, in garbage time. That's how you know it's bad. Drew Locke. Even though he dropped back 40 times and rushed for a touchdown, did not have a good game. Uh, two interceptions, 254 yards. So, um, yeah, not a good game on his side. I don't think you're starting Drew Locke under any circumstances unless you're super desperate. So let's go to his weapons. Philip Lindsay, again, looked much better than Melvin Gordon on the field. I don't know why teams love watching Melvin Gordon play over their undrafted stars. I don't understand it. It's 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 a sickness. Um Philip Lindsay, nine carries for 79 yards last game. Melvin Gordon, seven carries for 68, which was not bad in a touchdown. So you're happy if you have him as well. Um <clears throat> but yeah. How do you see this backfield playing out? Uh how do you see it? Yeah, how do you what do you do? Um, so I know that Lindsay has a concussion right now and Another player that I think is trending more in the negative than the positive for the time being. Um, when he is playing, like you said, he's been looking good. He's at over five yards per carry when he is playing. As usual. Um, I just think even if he does play, I think it's tough to put him in. I mean, I know he's been playing well, but they still use Melgo as the guy. Um, and when he has been playing, it's also been a mix between him and Royce Freeman a little bit, which makes also no sense to me. Um you know, and honestly, the biggest element of this game that I think you'll love and the other two may not love as much is this is a revenge game for Melvin Gordon. Facts. Um, I know you had your, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be good because of Jordan Love. And I loved, I was on your side for that one. And I love emotion in football. Facts. And this is a revenge game. And even though Melvin Gordon hasn't been great, I think he might try and play out of his fucking mind this week because, you know, he's... They wouldn't pay me. They wouldn't, you know, trade me, blah, 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 whatever. Like, I think he's going to be a man possessed this week. Um, and also, I also don't think Lindsay's going to play. So that's 80% of the snaps and that's getting, you know, 20 touches a game. So you plug him in. I think he's going to, I think he's going to explode this week. Do you I'm think Melvin, very confident. do you think Melvin Gordon against the Chargers or Ronald Jones against the Giants asking for a friend? <laughs> I'm going to go. Oh, shit. They're projected go, on uh, Yahoo right now 11.78 and 11.68. So this is uh, this is a hard question on purpose. I'm going to go Melgo. I'm going to go Melgo on this one. Right now I got Ronald. This is obviously for me. Right now I got Ronald Jones in my flex. <laughs> but I'm thinking I'm thinking I like I, I like your style, bro. I like your style. I, mean, I think I might go Melgo here. I need a win in this league yeah. bad. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's been killing me. All right, play passion. Yeah, right. Play the passion. All right, let's go over to um, the pass catchers. Albert O. I'm not even gonna try and say his name. I'm just gonna call him yeah. Albert O. 
<laughs> seven receptions for 60 yards. Um, if I had to guess on what's going on, I'm guessing that Noah Fant is still not 100% and that sure. Albert O is like kind of running the primary routes there. I like Noah Fant in this game. I don't know if I could trust Albert O for sure. How do you feel about the tight ends here? Um, so I think Noah Fant is in a pretty similar situation as Hunter Henry. Both of them are getting between seven and eight targets a game. Both of them are, quite frankly, catching four balls for 40 yards or five for 50. Like, they haven't been great. Their catch rate is almost, if not exactly the same at 65%. But, at, you know, as each week passes by, he gets healthier and healthier. Um, and I'm also not sure that Tim Patrick is playing this week, who has also been seeing targets. And although that's on the outside more than it is the middle of the field, I think those targets get funneled to Fant and maybe freaking Albert O because, mm. you know, I have a crazy stat for him. He has 13 targets on 35 routes ran wow. in two weeks. So he goes out there and runs a route a third of the time he's getting a target. And I think that's nuts. So I think that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I don't think you can, you know, plug him in the lineup or anything to that regard, but it's very interesting to see how that plays down the road. Um, and yeah, so I like Noah Fant a lot. Um, I think he is a lock for tight end one, not overall, but a tight end one if Tim Patrick is out. And even if he's in, I think he's just going to get enough volume to to end up on top. In terms so. of how we how it played out uh, in the last game, it is it is important to realize that Alberto only played thirty eight percent of snaps, so he was not on the field as much as Noah Fant. Noah Fant was on the field, on the other hand, 68% of the snaps. So with less opportunity to catch the ball, Albert O was more of the hog-rate type guy who got the ball when he was on the field. So without Tim Patrick, you wonder, do they go to some two tight end sets? They got to try and do something there because Drew Locke is struggling and they need to get wins quickly if they're going to have any chance. So um, yeah, it could be, could be strange there. Um, let's talk about the last aspect of this game like you said tim patrick might not play that leaves jerry judy as the only receiver that uh is really you know a, a receiver that you've considered starting at any point this season so personally for me i just dropped jerry judy for jalen rager in my money league um in my most important league i might grow to regret that but with that being said i am i'm kind of like off jerry judy right now until i see drew luck improve i like to i like what i see about jerry judy but even even the the proposed volume doesn't want to make me play him how do you feel about the pass catchers here so judy i've you know i i put him as a sleeper uh, a couple weeks ago against pats um i liked what i was seeing from the jump he started the season with eight seven and nine targets respectively and now he's gone to three consecutive games of five or less and he's had only two catches in the past three games um, which is important to remember someone, the, the quarterback shift. So those yep. numbers align with the quarterback shift, which is important. And, you know, I, I was high on him this, this draft season. Um, he was my number one receiver coming into fantasy, especially when Sutton went down. Um, and, uh, number one rookie. I don't know if I said that, but I think that's understood. Um, and I want him to be good. I have to play him this week in a matchup. I played him every single week. Uh, so it's he's been hurting. I don't think if Patrick misses time, it 
it helps him enough for it to matter. Um, you know, Judy's on the inside and he, he has the skills to be a bigger part of the offense. And for some reason they're not letting him break through. Um, but if you have to start him, I think it's okay. I personally wouldn't drop him yet. I think that's a little rash, but um, you know, I like Rager, but that's a discussion for another time. So, um, and other than that, I mean, KJ Hamler and Deshaun Hamilton are going to be fighting for targets on the outside. Um, you know, before Hamler got hurt, he was out snapping Hamilton and basically made him irrelevant. Um, but if there's no if there's no Patrick, then they're both playing, and I honestly think it's just a toss up as to which guy gets targets if either of them. Um, like I said before, I truly think it's going to be it's going to be Fant. It's going to be a lot of Fant. So. You know, I want to start Judy over the other two guys if I had the opportunity, um, but he could definitely disappoint once again. So I would temper expectations there a bit. I have another tough decision to make, man. I have to I have to choose between <clears throat> Mark Andrews against the Steelers or Noah Fant this week. It's a tough decision for me. It's a tough one. It's a tough well, one. Well, the answer there lies in, in whether or not Andrews is going to score because if he doesn't score, then he's going to suck probably. Yeah, so which is really I'm disappointing. Gonna go, I'm going to go, oh, gosh, that's such a tough decision. <laughs> I'm probably, honestly, man, this sounds stupid. I'd flip a coin, to be frankly honest with you. <laughs> I'd flip a, leave, hard, leave it to the fate of the, hard hitting, the, fate of the universe. Hard-hitting fantasy analysis there by <laughs> Nick Bollier. If I, if, gun to my head, I'm going fan. And I'm sticking to that. Ooh, interesting, interesting, interesting. We'll definitely talk about that. Remember, um, thank you so much for joining us, man. I, I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun here with you. Had you you brought your writing skills to the voice, uh, just like we expected you would. E- excellent work, uh, young Nick Bolier. If you see his name, his full name, he doesn't. It doesn't look like his name is spelled Bolier at all. And, but I, and I will say, I, as a young Greek man who has a very interesting and long last name, I feel your. Uh, I feel you on the last name confusion part, but I'm going to let you yeah. say goodbye to the people. Where could they find you? And uh, yeah, where could they connect with you? Uh, sure. So first of all, I would just like to say that it was an honor. Um, it's a lot of fun, you know, listening to you guys and being a part of this is always, it's been great. Um, I hope Jay knows that I'm taking over him, taking over for him as a special guest. I yeah, don't know if sure. you guys had told him that yet, <laughs> um, but I think that's going to be uh that's going to be coming soon. Um, and honestly, uh, I believe that my Twitter handle is Bolier underscore Nick. You're not going to know how to spell that. You're not going to know what the hell I am. But if you see a confusing long last name with a bunch of vowels tied to Brodo, then that's me. So that's where you can find me. Um, and once again, my father and I have a podcast of our own, Like Father Like Fantasy, which is available all across the interwebs on any streaming service. Um, so yeah, thank you for having me once again. And you know, Godspeed to your lineup decisions. <laughs> thank you, brother. Uh, as always a pleasure, uh, make sure to check out his articles on brotofantasy.com. Make sure to join patreon.com slash Broto fantasy. If you want to have some more conversations, candid conversations, um, this is the most low-key Nick that I've ever experienced. I will tell you that. This is the type of guy, just want to let you know, last year we had we had uh we went to a baseball game with some patrons who were visiting from the West Coast. You drove down all the way from Massachusetts to City yeah. Field 
to come to the game with us, and then you drove back afterwards, even though you had to wake up at 5 a.m. for work. That's yeah, the type. That's the type of dedication we're talking about out of Nick Bolier. That's why we love him. That's why he puts in the work and does well in fantasy because he has that type of ded- dedication. Um, Nick, thank you very much, bro, for joining the podcast. And uh, yeah, you can catch him on Broto Fantasy. Peace out, bro. Thank you so much to our special guests, Santiago Casanova and Nick Bolier, uh, both of which are writers for BrotoFantasy.com. If you did not get that from the million times that I repeated that. Um, Again, me and Jason and possibly Michael will be at you this Friday. So make sure to check out our preview Friday. Also, our our ratings, I mean, I'm sorry, rankings are going to go up on BrotoFantasy.com patreon.com as well check out um, true throw values and true target values exclusive stats from brotofantasy.com that is honestly one of the best predictors that we've ever come across we make sure we vetted this stat for weeks and weeks and weeks before we gave it to the people and we gave it to the people and we are confident in it because look one of the things that that stat told us was that ryan Tannehill is one of the best quarterbacks in the league it told us that three years ago when he was under adam gase getting suffocated by his talent, getting his talent suffocated by Adam Gase. Fast forward now, Ryan Tannehill, someone that everyone in your league ho- wished they picked up. So um, that's the type of thing that you can get from true throw value and true target value. Um, you could find me on Twitter, by the way, at Tim Patrop. You, uh, I'm sorry, that's my old Twitter handle. You can find me at BrotoFFTim. You can find Jason at BrotoFFJason. You can find Michael at BrotoFFMike. Um, see what we did there. You can find our updatedness and everything that we give you fantasy-related throughout the week on Twitter. That's where we are most active, at Broto Fantasy. We're also on Instagram, at Broto Fantasy there. Um, and yeah, please sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy to sh- support the show. Thank you so much to our current patrons. Our reminder, manscaped.com. Use the code promo code BROTO uh, for 15% off and free... I'm sorry, 20% off and free shipping at point of checkout uh, also partybelts.com for your for your championship belts put in the promo code brodo and get 15 percent off a championship belt and finally uh, thrive fantasy is the newest way to play fantasy with prop betting and big time uh, cash prizes you can right now sign up for between 20 and 50 dollars and get your initial um deposit matched up to $50. Use the promo code BROTO20 to do that. That's B-R-O-T-O-20 to do that. That is all for us. Again, uh, all for me. Well, and speaking for Nick and uh, Cass, awesome having them on. Awesome just being with you guys. Uh, As you guys know, life happens. Um, And I'll leave you with a little limerick because the twins don't like it when I I get preachy, but I'm going to get preachy anyway. as I told Casanova before he got on, uh, nervousness and fear is a feeling that everyone experiences. And one time Jimmy Iovine said you could use that feeling that in the pit of your stomach, you could use that feeling and you can run from it or you could use it to propel you forward. Which one are you going to be? That is the choice that you have to make. Until next time, know which one you're going to be. Peace.